Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, we're going to dive back into our food, clothing, shelter, and work uh, conversation here that we've been having for a while. And where we left off, we were talking about the poor, particularly focusing in America and how most of the time they're there because, again, we're talking upon the average, not any individual circumstances. It's because of some type of addiction or mental incapacity or just flat out acceptance in the station um, where they just are okay with that. Because we've talked about how if you're a skilled person and you get laid off, you'll end up finding another job because you're skilled and you have a, a skill that's in demand. So where today's conversation is going to pivot to is kind of the civic structure that you can be in. And throughout history, there's been a lot of different ways and attempts to figure out this question, different type of economic systems. Um, some of them having government interventions, some of them having relatively to no government intervention. And there's an entire spectrum throughout. And you had mentioned throughout this conversation that complete unbridled capitalism is not an answer, you know, because you have to have some rules and regulations. Also, simultaneously, complete government control of an economy is not the answer, as you see with communism. Um, communism has a wide array of problems with it, um, but that is certainly one of them. So where we wanted to start here was just realistically, when we're sitting around thinking about what should we strive for, both as employers and employees looking for where to work, you know, what kind of system should ultimately we be trying to create? Maybe it's through our votes, maybe it's through um, actual implementation we could put in our companies, but just something that we're trying to strive towards. Uh, well, thanks for the uh, the very useful summary, Joe, to bring back our conversation from uh, several podcasts ago and thinking about the poor. I, I want to just make a, a little note. I, I had the chance to join a, a group in Pittsburgh who bring food to the homeless. And it turns out that I actually had no idea that there was such a network and such an organized system. And so that's why I want to highlight it just for a moment on our podcast, since it's very relevant to our topic. Uh, in Pittsburgh, down at the point, there is a group that goes out uh, every day and, and brings food. And that is to say, it's actually uh, a parish, Catholic parish, you know, second and fourth Friday a month or, you know, once a month. And then on Thursdays, a different Protestant parish and then some other group on Wednesday and, and volunteers come, you know, any, any variety of days. And, but the end result is that through a whole network of organized compassion and generosity with absolutely no uh, government funding, as, as far as I know, the, the only government involvement is the fact that they let them do it under the bridge near uh, the same area of mercy mm -hmm. near the point and don't just drive them away because it's uh, there's a residential area now and, and uh, you know, people might complain or something like that, but uh, it's just beautiful. Uh, and, and quite a few, it was a very cold, uh, snowy on Friday when I was out there and 
it's a beautiful experience. The those who come regularly, those volunteers who come regularly, really know the homeless who are there. And as you said, you know, it's a it's a variety of situations. Some people who are out of work for a time, some people who are not homeless but are destitute, and so maybe they have a place to stay, but not the uh, the money to provide enough food or, you know, need some of the community. Some people who are uh, one guy who never comes in, even when they try to bring him into a shelter, just, you know, probably some level of schizophrenia, very sweet guy, you know, does some art. Well, somebody's kind to him. He can go into the library and use the computer there and has, you know, does a little email, reaches out to people, very tender hearted but just can't deal with some of the structures of society. And um, so anyway, I mean, just a real network of compassion and a way of providing food for the poor. And of course, people participate at all different levels from just logistically bringing the food, others paying to provide it, others uh, cooking it or buying it, and then people just being there to be a, a compassionate face for the homeless who are there. And so right down the road from you, you know, and, and a little bit farther from me in Pittsburgh, this kind of network of compassion exists. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. So anyway, I just wanted to make a, a comment about that. And uh, Pope Francis also said, uh, actually, just this past uh, Wednesday audience on, on March 27th, he talked about the Our Father and the petition, give us this day our daily bread. And he just kept it entirely at the material level. Those who cry out for food. And you were highlighting a moment ago, Joe, that in our country, uh, we don't have people starving to death because of the kind of compassionate outreach, which is either entirely community supported, church supported, charity supported, personally supported, or also government supported. And provides at least basic foods. Anybody who's outdoors can find some way to get some food. I mean, we just don't have the kind of destitution that Pope Francis highlighted in the audience in nations where there's war. And parents have to struggle with the question of how to get food for their children. Their their children are starving to death. I mean, <laughs> it's it's worth just thinking about that. A little bit and letting ourselves go there. And, and in that way, realizing, you know, there is a balance in our government, take apart the, you know, we're talking about nuances between, well, Democrats might favor a little bit more of this, or Republicans might favor a little bit more of this, but just to step back for a moment and to say, okay, capitalism, democracy, uh, certain levels of, of government funding, not socialism, not anyway, and, and certainly Europe would also be in a, in a similar situation, but uh, we've done a tremendous amount to reduce the amount of destitute poverty that there is. So without just sort of sitting back on our laurels and saying, oh, well, you know, no need to do anything else, <laughs> we should, um, we can at the same time feel good about that and feel like, well, we, we need to keep uh, adjusting things and taking steps and understanding what we're doing. And, and Pope Francis made a statement, you know, if we're eating and others are going hungry, we can really think of it like stealing their food. And that's the sort of basic mode that you and I started with, is the idea that people have a right to this because they're human beings. They have a right to food, clothing, shelter, work. Mm-hmm. 
because they're human beings. And so we can't just say, well, there's enough for me and my family. And so I don't take any responsibility for anyone else. And so having the podcast, asking the questions, and now back to where, <laughs> where you started with, with your question and what kinds of things that, that we can do in terms of uh, employment and in businesses. And I guess I, you know, if I can say one thing that we can do concretely is look for programs like I was describing. I mean, is it two months, too much to go out once a year? I mean, I don't know if I'll get, I loved it. I mean, I would love to go back there, but the, the next time they're doing it in, you know, May, I'm doing, I've, uh, in April, I'm giving a thing here and May I'm giving a thing here in June. You know, I just know even I can only do, do it so much, but mm-hmm. I, could I do it once a year, you know? Yeah, I can do it once a year. Can we start somewhere just to, encounter that a little bit more and then we can look at different opportunities in terms of employment you know maybe you employ 120 people can you stretch a little bit okay so maybe you employ 115 of the best people and then there's five people that uh you know can you find something for them to do (laughs) maybe you employ 10 people can you stretch a little bit maybe the 11th person is not the absolute best qualified but can we see a a value beyond just the bottom line the bottom line is important but can we stretch a little bit and can we see that the value of employing people is is an important one can we take on the supporting a family in because they have a need and and we need to have structures and it's good for the person by the way i mean just unbounded irresponsible uh charity is not necessarily calling the a person to their best sometimes it is i mean i think that the people that i was helping to feed are probably pretty close to their best i mean they're just there's, there's not a capacity to do much more. And usually there's a desire to do it and not an op anyway, mm-hmm. without down that rabbit hole for a moment. Um, certainly calling people to achieve and helping them to achieve, not allowing them to uh, have just to have no boundaries and no responsibility. Well, that's not calling them to their best, but uh, for some people, for many people, most people. Well, there's a significant difference you have there. Um, from what you articulated, which is the ultimate goal. People going out essentially out of their own free will, choosing to give their resources. You kind of outlined them there. The money, time, abilities, that those are all resources. Sometimes we don't recognize time and money as resources, but they're important. And people are doing that to go out and see it and, and take care of the, the homeless people, as you mentioned there. But there's also a key factor there. Um, if they chose to, they could say, you, we're going to help you. Sure. But we want to see you help yourself as well. You know, you're going to have to do this, that, or the other, because there are groups out there that say, Hey, if you want to be a part of this and gain some of the benefits that we're trying to help you with, you need to, to produce a little bit yourself. You need to do this, that, or the other. And that's a totally reasonable request. I'm not saying everyone does it, but it's a reasonable request. But when you get into a situation where you don't have any requests to be upon you and you can just literally not do anything, but still receive benefits. I think that's where you get into this ultimate problem of 
of not appreciating it for one um, and for two, just expecting it without ever growing and developing yourself in any capacity. Because as we've talked in many different aspects of this podcast, we constantly have to be growing. We normally focus upon a spiritual side, but for a societal side, we also need to be growing in our skill sets. We need to become better at whatever your skill is. So for some of us, it's communicating in the essence of the giving a podcast, communicating a message well. For some of us, it's learning how to lay, lay better drywall. And we do, as you mentioned, no, it's like a basketball team. They're all different heights. You can think of the height as the skill level. I do have some guys that are top notch, can do everything on planet Earth. I got some guys that are getting there and then some guys that are far away from that point. But the simple reality is, is that you need to have everyone together learning from each other and growing. Because if you only hire the two absolute best, A, the project would take forever, and B, if they ever retired, you're done. So the entire rest of the entity would collapse. So there's always a need to help people as long as they're willing to continue to grow themselves to do that. So that's where you get into these problems that that the Pope was referencing, or at least the cause of the problems. Whenever you have a totalitarian system, inevitably you get to these types of issues. And that's, I think that the, the fear that we have. And one of the reasons that the church condemns communism so hard was they basically said anyone that was a threat to the communism party, the communist party, the communists internally removed, whether they put them into gulags or just outright executed them. And They've done that throughout history and not to get into the weeds, but nothing on human earth has ever killed more people than communism. It's a statistical fact. Um, So that being said, they actually create a giant disincentive to be good at production essentially. And this is why you normally see massive famines going around because if you're a farmer they immediately say whoever is the wealthiest is the problem and they have to be removed. So they do. So now being a farmer who produced 10 bushels of grain per acre, but that made him the richest and he got taken out. Now, oh, maybe I should only make six. So now there's less food for everyone. And the person who knew how to do it the best has been removed. So the reason I'm bringing that up is, the totalitarian, that's part of why that's a problem. You have to give people incentive to become better so they can use their graces to go out and help people, as you said. So that was just kind of one ping pong ball off in that one extreme. And then the other extreme is there's no regulation whatsoever. So that one guy who's a farmer then buys out all the other farms around him and then makes the price so high because he has no competition. And that's obviously a problem too. So you can see how both sides have issues, but in the center is the grace and compassion that you gave through one example that we all can think of many around us to get involved with. And to go back to the last episode we did, um, we had mentioned that when the church is providing a function, and they are the best at it, it is the 
ultimate way to become a better at your faith. Um, you know, as Jesus said, whatever you do to the least of my people, you do unto me. And practicing that is uh, one of the greatest things that we can do. So I know I just went on a little bit of a tangent there. I apologize, Father, if you can bring us back on track here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just like to reflect on um, kind of a, a related area and just to, uh, I like what you said, you know, describing the, the two extremes and then and looking at the center. And uh, I just want to, so one of the, one of the problems, I, I always feel this, this, I always have this terrible sinking feeling when we're talking about this because we're, we're making these generalizations, you know, I mean, what, what else are we going to do? We're talking about nations with 400 million people or sure. you know, a billion people in them. I mean, what are you going to do except generalize? So, mm-hmm. but I, I always have this very sinking feeling because I, I have all, mentally, you know, I don't know a billion people. I don't know 250 million people. I know a lot of people, but they're all individuals. And I just cannot ultimately peel myself away from that reality. And, and so uh, certain things come to mind. On the one hand, you know, somebody who needs to be challenged and, and called out and, you know, had their feet held to the fire. And, and they do better with those incentives and with somebody watching over them. And I've seen people grow that way. Uh, we, we employ people at We Are One Body Radio. And I've I've seen people grow with different kinds of incentives. Now, our, our general manager is about the the nicest, most charitable person I've ever known in my life who holds himself to an extremely high standard and finds ways to incentivize people uh, without a kind of punishing model or shaming or any of that. I mean, it's been wonderful to watch. And I've seen people grow at a certain pace that was not what he wanted. Like he wanted them to grow faster, mm-hmm. <laughs> but just would never kind of, you know, threaten in some of the harsh ways that exist in our society. And then I've really seen people blossom and it's good for them. They feel good about themselves. And, you know, you can incentivize that and, and reinforce it with, uh, with monetary reward, but also just the human affirmation that, that comes with like, wow, you're, you're doing a great job, you know, and meaning it sincerely. So on that, on that side, you know, I know individuals who have just benefited from really growing in their skills and then we grow together and uh, it's, that's been wonderful. I think also there's a, a woman that I talk with who, who has an extremely sensitive soul and really has struggled her whole life with depression. And as, as, as that's opened up, a bit, you know, she's in her forties now and there's a lot of water under that bridge. I mean, a lot of things have happened, but Mm -hmm. one of the things that's emerged is, you know, she's a, she's a musician, she's an artist and there's a sensitivity there and there's a, you know, you can't like demand, come on, produce more. (laughs) You know, there is a, a sort of muse that goes with that. There's a way that she sees the world and she sees people and she sees life, which is really beautiful and deep. But there's a certain delicacy, a certain fragility that goes with that. And and crunching her into a production model and a business model basically has crushed her and crushed her into a level of depression that made her basically dysfunctional for a long time. Ironically, a moment of salvation has been for her the fact that she got cancer. Mm-hmm. And, and now what people could not appreciate about the sort of 
slow and delicate way that she had to go about life because of the way that she's put together. Now they appreciate, oh, like, oh, you're on chemo. Oh, well, I better give you a lot of space and I'm going to really, you know, treat you with kid gloves and give you what you need. And and she's kind of emerging. <laughs> so anyway, I'm, I'm sensitive to, uh, to someone like that. I know another person who's, who's really brilliant, but is in a space that if she were to push herself to do more, she just would like crack and be in a mental institution. But fortunately she's surrounded with family. This other woman I mentioned also because of the uh, depression, among other things, she, she qualified for disability. So our government dollars and then her own family support, she's able to, to live at home. And especially now that she has cancer, they kind of understand that. But, um, just to, I just want to raise up these examples to say there are some really beautiful people who just like can't do it and need some extra support. Again, if they have intact families and that provides it, the government provides a little bit, but sometimes, you know, maybe a little limited employment. And fortunately, there are some volunteer opportunities. Like she probably couldn't hold down a job that requires attendance every day because. There are some days that are not good mm-hmm. and she needs the flexibility to say like, I can't function today. It's not because I don't want to, or because I feel like I'm entitled to something. I can't function today. And to have that space that she has a lot to offer when she's able to offer it, it's not on a you know like nine to five schedule. So mm-hmm. I'm always sensitive to these kinds because I deal with, you know, I, I have the blessing of knowing and really seeing inside of, because I'm safe. And so people share things with me that if they said to, you know, your average, may I say it, you know, your average capitalist, like, what are you worth? You know, or how are you, how much are you going to get done? Um, it's like too threatening, but in a space that I'm able to talk to them in and I see this, the beautiful way that they view people, the sensitivity they have to the suffering the way that they're able to just like really see beauty in the world and then even capture that in, in the way that they think and music or art that they create. And, and I think our society in becoming, uh, I don't know, you know, I was just in Rome a couple of weeks ago and had a chance to see the kinds of projects that were, that were uh, provided for, that were, that were funded. Mm-hmm. I mean, the art that's there that is still, just awe-inspiring centuries later. And someone invested in those artists. Like We don't invest in that in, in our day. We don't value some of those things. And some of the people who are sensitive and can't just like produce stuff on demand, you know, could make beautiful art if we were willing to support. Anyway, so just sort of throwing some more ideas for a a broader view of, uh, yeah, the kinds of people that are out there and, and the ways that the kind of work that we don't always value, that we don't put a monetary value to that's appropriate, that's really worth it. Well, absolutely. And that's, uh, you know, something that sometimes I've, take for granted is that I live with this every day so I get to see it um, yes it, it, it the number one thing you said there is that they're growing and trying to become better and that's essentially a element that you have to always have within you so where 
there are many different ways you can motivate people as is just true. Every person is different. Yeah, psychologists have kind of broke it down into a couple of categories that this is what this per- will drive this type of person, that, that, and the other. Uh, but at the end of the day, the structures that are one size fit all and force you through don't work. But inevitably, because they have to be so generalized, that's normally what governments end up pointing out. And that's why the best companies out there let their managers kind of dictate what is the best way to motivate and to incentivize, as you said, their people to to make it best for everyone. Because there are – I've been in systems before where fear is the number one driving aspect. And in the short term, sure, that might produce a couple extra units. But in the long term, no one wants to be there. And you just – people either quit working there or they just they just leave. And that's a, a thing. So it's – in my opinion, you know, the manager's role to make sure that you are growing people but you're doing it in a way that's going to work. Yeah, there is some element, as you said there – that you need to be um, having a desire to, to jump 10 feet where you can only jump eight and figure out how to get that, how to be able to push yourself and push your people. And it's that's natural to want to want to, wanna, to create the growth. Because the other element is a lot of us have um, tendencies and are probably built into us um, if, to not want to grow. It's... It's easier to just lay in bed and hit the snooze button. It's easier to say, well, I can already jump eight feet. All right, today I'm just going to just stay at eight. I don't really want to push myself. That's easy to stay there. You know, people talk about comfort zones. It's the same concept to stay where you know familiar and not to push yourself. Um, and it, it, it's a natural calling out of all of this, especially on the spiritual side, to push through that. You know, it's easy to, um, you know, pretend like a problem doesn't exist and just keep moving about the problems that you already have. And one of the things that I have seen throughout my life is those that put more on their plate and wholeheartedly attack it end up being able to accomplish way more at the end of the process than they ever dreamed of in the beginning. And it is a very powerful thing to push yourself and inherently also develop discipline along the same way, um, same time. And a lot of the other virtues that we did that virtue series on, um, you know, prudence and temperance go a long way with learning how to, to motivate your people. So father, we went a little bit long on this particular episode here. Uh, we are going to continue uh, into the next podcast going on about it. Um, but I do want to give you a chance to give the final word here as we conclude today's episode. Well, I think I, I'm not sure that we we're, we're heading in this direction, but I, I really appreciate it. And coming to the point of, of individual gifts, motivations, talents, and helping people to become fully alive ultimately. And that's going to look different for every person. Every person fully alive is totally different. 
than than every other person. And uh, creating an atmosphere in which people can thrive is uh, is is certainly the goal of all of this. You know, food, clothing, shelter, work. These are the bare minimums, right? I mean, we we provide those things, but so that we can move toward that maximum of people really thriving. Uh, Saint Irenaeus said, "The glory of God is man." fully alive. And so it really glorifies God when we can help people become fully who they were made to be by God. So anyway, I'm delighted that we kind of ended up in uh, in that place. And, and if that really drove us as a society, I mean, it's an even better way. We talked about some of this universal distribution of goods and getting food, clothing, shelter, work to everybody. But the bigger goal is what we just came to helping people to be saints, helping people to be fully alive, fully human, fully activated, and able to offer the, the whole gift of who they are, which is going to look different. And, and so learning to appreciate the, the uniqueness and the gifts that each person has to offer is, is part of it too. But anyway, thanks for leading us in that direction. Well, the, sometimes you just get things through you and you figure a way to get them out of you. It's one of the <laughs> best teachings I've ever got in sales training and it applies to every element of life. If you have a feeling inside of you that you need to get out, figure out how to do it and make it happen. <laughs> Sometimes it's as simple as using a couple words. Sometimes it's it's a gesture. But at the end of the day, if there's something inside of you, it's probably there for a reason. And the fact that it just normally is, is, is a guidance that will end up helping you, something to do. So that thank everyone for listening. I thank everyone for helping us to continue to grow. Um, I just gave that mentioned before about how when you start putting more things on your plate you'll never know whatever it'll end up i had no idea we'd ever get this big father as far as this podcast and i thank everyone out there for for telling a friend about it because we've only grown by word of mouth we've not done any advertising at all to this point so we thank everyone for continuing to tell a friend and please continue to do so we'll be with you again next week everyone thank you